Welcome to the Ambitious Introvert Podcast, created especially for introverts, empaths, and highly sensitive entrepreneurs to help you build, grow, and scale a successful, sustainable business. I'm your host, Emma Louise Parks, business and mindset coach for ambitious introverts. After 17 years working as an air traffic controller, the ultimate fast-paced, high-stimulus, extrovert-friendly role, my mission now is to show introverts that they too can create big results and success because of who they are, not in spite of it. I focus on introvert-friendly business and marketing strategy to help you switch overwhelm for clarity, confidence, and clients. Hello, my lovely, ambitious introverts. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I'm Emma Louise, and today's guest is Byron Morrison. Now, Byron and I actually connected in a Facebook group where I was looking for people to be a guest. I had some very specific topics in mind and specific types of people that I wanted to make sure I was bringing that type of conversation onto the show. And Byron reached out and looking at what he did and what he wanted to discuss, I thought he would be a great fit. And this conversation didn't disappoint. So it was really interesting to bring a man back onto the podcast. Now, I've had numerous male guests before. And funnily enough, the ratings are always super, super high for guys. So I always want to provide that kind of representation because obviously there are males in the audience. But it's that balance of making sure that it's men that are sympathetic to introverted and sensitive traits, which Byron absolutely is. So Byron has been a high performance coach working with CEOs and entrepreneurs for the last decade. Now, his clientele are startup founders. We're talking about people that have like seven, eight figures in investor money. We're talking tech founders, like huge, huge businesses. And What was really interesting, and you'll hear in our conversation, is that many of the mindset wobbles and limiting beliefs that they face are exactly the same as online business owners. And I think sometimes this term of online business can make it sound like it's somehow different. I definitely see this with marketing. People approach their marketing differently because they are a quote unquote online business when In fact, the principles of marketing are exactly the same, whatever kind of business you're in, right? So it was just really interesting to hear the things that he works with his clients on are pretty much the same things that I work with my clients on. So I really hope that we can get rid of this distinction between online business and quote unquote actual business and recognize that whatever level we're playing at, whatever kind of revenue or investment or, you know, team size we're talking about, the same things will come up for everyone. Also, one of the conversations that we had, which I also think is super empowering to know, is that many of Byron's clients, especially the eight-figure business owners, struggle with the same things that new business owners struggle with. So when we're new, it's very easy to look at people further along and think, oh, like they've got it down. They know exactly what they're doing. It's okay for them. And in actual fact, quite often it's not because we are humans, you know, we have feelings, we have brains, and these things come up over and over. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation and hear the ways that Byron supports his clients to get out of their own head the same way that I often support my clients to get out of their own head. 
And yeah, I really hope you enjoy listening in as much as I enjoyed chatting to him. Well, thank you for joining me today. I'm very excited to have this chat with you because this has been postponed a couple of times due to my internet snafus that I'm sure everyone is aware of now. So thank you so much for joining me. And it's lovely to speak to someone on my time zone. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) So let's get right into the crux of it. We all set goals. Every business owner is looking ahead. They're starting to think about what they want to create. And goal setting is the most natural thing to do in that situation, right? So from the high performers that you work with, tell me what you see in the goal setting process that often leads to them not quite getting there. Yeah. So there's no denying goals are massively important. Like if you don't have a target to aim for, you're going to miss But on the other side of that, over the last decade of working with CEOs and entrepreneurs in 15 different countries, what I've seen is the biggest reason why most people don't achieve their goals is they focus too much on what they want, but they don't figure out who they need to become in order to make it happen. And the reason why this is so important is every new level of success requires a new level of you, which is why your current habits, your behaviors, your way of doing things that got you to where you are, isn't going to get you to the next level. And if anything, they're the exact reason why you're stuck. And you see this all the time in founders who grow a business. They're in that solopreneur mindset. They had to do everything. They're so used to taking everything on their plate. But now when they're managing a team, they're having to make big decisions, they're having to keep stakeholders happy. They just feel in over their head because they're relying on their current way of operating. And that's why if you actually want to achieve your goals, you need to figure out who's the version of you that made it happen. You have to get that image in your mind because then you can reverse engineer it. You can be like, okay, What habits do they develop? What routines do they create? How do they spend their time? What do they do in their days? That's going to give you the clarity on how you need to change the way that you're showing up. And then you can naturally start evolving into that next level version of yourself. Something that I have seen over and over again in clients and hands up in myself, and I'm sure you have in your high achievers and high performers as well, is when you can do a lot of things, it's easy just to keep doing them. So if you have started your business from day one, you're wearing every single hat and you're doing every role because maybe you're bootstrapping or you know, you're know building up as a side hustle. And then actually when the funds are there to start building out a team, it can be really difficult to give up what you're already doing, not just because of perfectionism and control, which can come into it, but like you say, habits. If it's your daily habit that you get up and check your email, it can feel really hard to say, right, that team member now takes care of email. Yeah. You've got to regularly audit your time because your responsibility at a certain level is going to change as you grow and scale. And I find a lot of CEOs become the bottleneck in the business because they don't stop to think about where they're actually spending their time. And there's a great example I give in one of my books where I got on a call with a CEO client one day and I knew that the next week they had a huge board meeting and a big investor pitch. And when we got on the session, he was notably stressed. And I initially assumed that was the reason why. But when we started diving into it, he was stressing about the fact that he was trying to arrange his travel itinerary because he had a business trip coming up. He had flights to book, hotels to organize. He had all these things to get in place. And while they were important, that was taking up so much energy and bandwidth. And even though it could have been done in 45 minutes, he had lost hours stressing over it. And at the beginning of the business, he needed to do all this. But a few months prior, he'd actually hired an assistant to take over responsibilities exactly like this. But he hadn't stopped to think about whether or not he should actually be doing it. So he hadn't handed it off. And that's why you have to audit your time. You need to, where before you commit to things, stop and ask yourself, does this actually need to be done by me? 
or should this be handed off to someone else? Because what you don't do becomes just as important as what you do do. I love that you said bandwidth there. And I think that's quite an intangible thing. Sometimes when people are investing and they're building a team, they feel like they've got to use their team's hours on things that look a little bit more tangible, like write this email or you know manage this, something that we can count and tick off a to-do list. But actually opening up the space so that you have bandwidth, so that you just go, can you arrange that travel? Thanks. And you don't have to think about it. That can be very, very hard to conceptualize, I think, when you're not used to it. But just how valuable having that space in the mind actually is to allow you to step into that CEO role. Yeah. The way I'd advise anyone listening to this to think about it is what you need to figure out is what is your zone of genius? As in, where does your time and energy have the greatest impact in the business? What can only be done by you? Because then you need to start looking through a task through the lens of, okay, what do they need to, is outside of that bubble that you need to let go of? Another way to think about it as well is let's say your time, just to keep it simple, is worth $1,000 an hour. Well, then when you start looking at tasks, you should not be taking on things that you could pay someone else $30 an hour to do. Because by doing so, not only are you losing money for the business, you're also taking your energy because you've only got so much, as we said, bandwidth in the day to get things done. So that's where you're going to store growth. So you really need to be strict with yourself and set the right boundaries internally to be actually, you know, this is not something that I should be doing. And then push yourself to actually let it go. So what comes up with your clients in that situation? Like one of the things that I hear over and over again, when I suggest you should be getting an assistant to do this, or you should be outsourcing this is, oh, but it's so quick or, oh, but it's so easy or, oh, but I can just, and I think our mind like, well, it's simple. I can just do it. What do you see come up? Yeah, exactly that. Like it's a combination of, oh, but I can just do it quicker myself and also fear of someone else isn't going to do it as well. And all of these things where people then just convince themselves they need to hang on to it. But yes, it may only take you 15 minutes to do it. But how many of those simple things do you have every single week? Like when you really audit your time, like you can spend so much of your days in busy work that doesn't actually matter. Like I'll regularly speak to CEOs who'll come to me and they'll be like, I'm so busy. I'm working 60 plus hour weeks. But you look at it and they're not actually getting much done. And there's a huge difference between being busy and being productive. And we all convince ourselves that we're being really like in the weeds and doing important things. But do they actually matter? And you have to be honest with yourself. Like, is this actually leading to growth? And if not, you have to find ways to actually get out of it. I think things like time tracking and like these apps that show you how many times you picked your phone up in the day or, you know, can track how many times you checked your email are amazing, but can be really uncomfortable for a lot of people because it's quite easy when you're in the bubble, I think, like you say, to be in denial of, oh, I just need to do this. And it's just really quick and it's not taking much time. And I know how to do it. So it's easier than getting someone else. But when people do track their time or get these apps or see how many times they've logged into their email each day and they they actually look at the figures, usually they're quite astounded. Yeah. There's a really simple task that I love to do with clients that anyone listening to this right now can do themselves. Like essentially what we do is we take a snapshot where I get them to make a list of everything they did for at least the last two weeks. And then we go through it point by point. We ask, we like really figure out, okay, was this actually important? As in, was this something that was necessary for the business? And then if it's yes, should it have been done by them? And it's just getting an idea. So many people love creating a to-do list. Well, we create what I call a not-to-do list, as in the things they're going to commit to not doing going forward. 
And then with that insight, it's then going to what they currently need to get done. And again, doing the same process of being like, does this need to be done by them or should it be handed off? And I'll regularly find that I'll have people coming in where we'll take this huge list of things they need to complete and we'll at least have it because they'll realize so much of it could let go. And that's how you start saving hours every single week. And it's really what's essential to get to that next level. So going slightly backwards in the conversation, but I wanted to dive straight in at the start because I was excited. How did you get into this type of coaching in particular? What was it that led you to be so passionate about this high performance and about how you can literally nail down the needle moving tasks for people? So for me, when I started my first company, it was after my dad's cancer took me on this journey of transformation. I lost all this weight, got my health on track. I wrote my first best-selling book and I started business helping people from around the world get their health under control. And while I was fantastic at doing that, I didn't know how to run a company. Like I'd never managed people. I didn't know how to make tough decisions or have to feel conversations. And I was completely in over my head. And it just pushed me to a point where I just became burnt out and my business felt like a mental and emotional drain. And I realized if I didn't find a way to turn this around, I was just going to have to throw in the towel and go and get a job. So I spent the next few years just focusing on learning about leadership, how to make tough decisions, managing people, dealing with the pressures of growing a business, all to figure out how I could scale my own company and become the CEO that it needed. At the time, I was working with a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners on their health and naturally into the conversations when we were talking about the things that were affecting it, all of these issues started coming up. And I realized that actually helping them overcome them was not only my superpower, it's what I love to do. So naturally, it was just the evolution of the business where it moved from me just focusing on the health side to the high performance side of helping people who are feeling like I was a few years ago. It was basically I'd gone through this transformation and got my own role under control. And then I uncovered that actually I could help other people do the same. So it wasn't planned. It was just basically this natural evolution of my own kind of passions and desires that brought me to where I am. I find that's the case with most people. Like, It's interesting because we're talking about goals, but people have these grand plans of in three years time, I'll be here or in five years time, I'll be here. And actually it's very, like not very often the case because things do evolve and we grow and we change and we have an experience, like you say, that sends us on a slightly different path or we happen to be, you know, some people call them coincidences that the people think they're not just from the universe, whatever. But like you say, you're helping the people with their health that you realize you can help them with something else and you're already around those people. And I think it's really fascinating because I always try to encourage clients to stay open because you don't know what's coming. You might uncover something or an opportunity might come that could lead you down a path that is actually completely perfect for you, but you could never have planned for five years ago, right? And that's why I'm such a big advocate of just allowing yourself to go through the process and figure out who you want to become and just not pressuring yourself to have it all figured out because what you want right now, you might not want three years from now. And that's okay. It's like using myself as an example. Like when I started that first company, I had this vision of what I wanted to do and achieve. And then we went on an evolution and I started helping CEOs and business leaders. I've been fortunate at this point to help people in 15 different countries, but we're now coming full circle back to that original vision again, because that was never something I let go of. Like with my new book coming out, this is what we're going to be focusing on there, but I'm still doing all the CEO side as my main focus because it's what I love to do. But if I just pigeonholed myself at the beginning and I was like, no, this is the only path I'm going on, I wouldn't have founded what I was actually meant to be doing from a creating an impact and supporting other people's standpoint. I love that. Tell us a little bit about the book. Tell us a little bit 
what it's about, but also what led you, what motivated you to put this information in particular down in print for people? Yeah. So the new book is called Maybe You Should Give Up. And most people hear that. I hope it's sarcastic. (laughs) No, like like most people hear it and they're like, oh, but I don't want to give up. And it's so counterintuitive. But that's the entire point because so many people I see are stuck because they're trying the same thing over and over again, hoping for different results. And over my journey of working with so many people, what I discovered is there are seven mental blocks that all of us hold on to that are stopping us from reaching our potential, whether that's fear, comparing yourself to others, being too hard on yourself, worrying about problems that haven't happened yet. All of these things are weighing us down and stopping us from moving forward. And that's why maybe you should give up. It's not about giving up on your goals and dreams. It's about giving up, holding on to everything that's stopping you from achieving them. So ultimately, it's a book about empowerment and breaking through the barriers that are stopping you from getting to the next level. And the reason why I wanted to write this is over the last decade, I've seen that the biggest barrier in the way of most people's success is themselves. It's that sabotaging voice that's causing them to doubt themselves, to overthink, to avoid taking the actions they need to take. And that was me when I was younger, when I was wanting to start my business, I was first becoming an entrepreneur. So I was like, you know what? I want to pass on everything I learned to help people actually overcome those barriers because I found that once we do, that's how they can take control of the life they want. Now, I don't want to give too much away because obviously we would love people to go and read your book, but you just mentioned something there that I just had a conversation about with a client this morning. So I'd love to just dive a little bit deeper into comparison, if that's okay with you, because I think that A lot of my clients would see the type of people you're supporting, you know, seven, eight figure business leaders, you know, founders, tech companies, CEOs, and think, well, they they don't struggle with that. That's just like a me thing. Do they struggle with that? Yeah. I've got CEOs I work with running billion dollar businesses, and they have just as much self-doubt and insecurity and imposter syndrome. And the problem is, like, when you look at social media, you build up this perception in your mind that these people have it all together and you put them up on a pedestal. Whereas the reality is that a lot of the time they're putting on a facade, like they've got everyone coming to them to solve their problems. Everyone's looking at them like they've got it all together. So they don't want other people to see that their internal state doesn't match their external success. Like the amount of conversations I've had with these people where they've just like broken down. They're like, I've got so much pressure. Everyone's got all these problems. And it's just such a roller coaster ride. And that's why you have to understand that everyone's fighting a battle that you don't even realize. And that's for me why we have to go in with this level of empathy and just understand that everyone's struggling. And when you're playing at that higher level and you've got so many demands and responsibilities, it's so difficult to handle. And if you keep comparing yourself to them, you're just going to feel like you're failing. And it's just recognizing that we're all human. I think that empathy piece is really important because so many, so much of the attitude around high performance and a lot of the books say around it is like, just get over yourself and just do it scared and all this kind of thing. And I think it doesn't always leave a gap for recognizing, like you say, people are human and they might be struggling and that might make it a little bit more difficult to take that action. Yeah. There's another thing I'd love to add into this as well with the whole comparison trap, because I actually talk about this in the new book of sharing a story from my own journey. I think this will be super relevant to the people listening to this. Like I remember when I started my first company, like in the first few years, like obviously going through the growing pains and getting all that together. And a lot of my friends at the time were doing really well. They were advancing in their careers. They were settling down. They were buying houses. They were having kids. I remember there was a period of time where I just thought like I was failing. I was like, I'm so behind everyone else. And then I realized that 
I didn't want any of those things. Like the reason I started a company was I didn't want to be tied to a mortgage with kids. I wanted freedom. I wanted to be my own boss. But the problem was, even though I knew that, I hadn't taken the time to internalize it. And that's why I was comparing myself to other people in an uneven playing field. And I find that this is where we can really become our own worst enemies because we see what someone else is doing and then we feel bad about our own journey, overlooking we've got the fact we've got different desires. And this is why the guidance I give to anyone here is you need to get really clear on what it is you actually want. And then you need to get a tunnel vision where you block out everything else. Because if you know fully, okay, this is what I'm working towards and why, then it becomes so much easier to see your friends or your family and be like, oh, they're doing amazing. Like, that's so cool. But I don't want that. I want this and focus on what you're doing. Because there is no timeline. There is no agenda saying that you should have achieved this by this date. And all these expectations you're just putting on yourself, which is just putting so much pressure that is completely unnecessary. And so many of these milestones, you know, here in the UK are you leave school and then you go to college and then you go to university and then you get married and you buy a house and you have a kid and all of that. And, you know, the American dream, it's like along the similar lines. But where we are now in society with this, you can literally create your own abundance. You can create your own business. You can make it look however you want, which is a blessing, but I think also a curse to some people because having all of those options means the brain often defaults to, but what should I be doing? What What's everyone else doing? It's like, no, you can actually do whatever you want. Yeah. This is such an interesting topic for me because I speak to like a lot of young people who reach out to me through my content and they're like, but I, how do I find my passion and my purpose? And so many people go out in their, their mind that if they sit around meditating, like it's going to come out of nowhere and just hit them in the face. And like, if you don't know truly what you want to do, it means that you haven't put yourself in enough situations to figure it out. Like you just have to just go for it, try new things. Like worst case, you don't like it. You can just cross off the list. Best case, you find something you enjoy and then that will take you down a new path. Like that's how you find out what you actually want to be doing. So it's going into it with an open mind of being like, let's see what happens. I love that. And I'm going to wrap up on that note because I'm all for outrageous openness and action. (laughs) So thank you for that. But obviously, before I let you go, first going to ask you, Which book would you recommend that's not your own, please, to my ambitious introverts that are listening, that are looking to grow or scale their business? So a couple of books I'm reading at the moment that I really like is Your Next Five Moves. I really love how he talks about decision-making and thinking five steps ahead. And another one that I would also throw in for any new leader is I really actually like Gary Vaynerchuk's last book, uh, 12 and a half, where he talked about like leadership and kind of getting people on the same page. I think for new leaders, it's a really valuable read. Perfect. I have not read either of those, so I'm going to add them to my list and I'll pop them in the show notes below. And finally, to wrap up, would you share with my audience, what's the biggest mindset shift or new belief that you had to install in yourself to be able to be as successful as you are today? So I think it's just blocking out the world around you and just focusing on what you want. Because I remember when I started my business, I had various people in my life who told me like, that's never going to work. No one's ever going to pay for that. Like they just didn't understand the vision. Like they were putting all their beliefs on me and it was just realizing that they didn't believe it was possible for them. And that's why I'm such a big believer. Like you need to actually know what you want and be putting, willing to kind of put yourself in a situation to make it happen. But I would just like to throw one final piece of advice in that. Like when we're talking about goal setting and achieving all these things, like I find one pitfall that a lot of people fall into is they set their goals and ideas and then they put it aside and forget about it. 
the same as like New Year's resolutioners. They get all excited about what they want to do and then life gets busy and they get derailed. And this is why I found a lot of CEOs and business leaders, they get to a point where they're burnt out and because they're just stuck in the trenches dealing with fires and everyday problems. And this is why I'm such a big advocate of you need to take 30 seconds every single morning and remind yourself, what are you doing and why? What is the reason you need to show up and make this happen? Because if you don't, your life is just going to become reactive problems. And you're going to start to resent what you're actually putting it in for. So you need to keep a top of mind because then it becomes so much easier to push through the challenges and the tough times. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom with us today. I'm going to drop all of your links in the show notes and obviously the link to the book as well. So thank you. It was lovely to chat. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ambitious Introvert Podcast with me, Emma Louise Parks. If you enjoy this show, please, please subscribe, rate and leave a review on iTunes. As a thank you, one lucky reviewer each month will win a 60-minute one-on-one coaching session with me, where you'll get the clarity and confidence to attract your ideal clients. And if you know someone who could benefit from listening to the show, then please do share and help me reach as many fellow ambitious introverts as possible.